I'm able to be much more present with myself. I'm able to be much more present with other people. Homemaker, housewife, all those terms should really go out the window. A big part of humility is really being intentional about being kind as opposed to right. Hello, friend. Welcome to Advice Column, where we share our experiences with one another so we can leverage the knowledge gained from multiple lives worth of learning to live with greater intention. In this episode, we asked members of the Advice Column community, what are you learning right now? And the reason I like this question is I always learn so much from hearing what other people are experiencing and learning in their lives. Let's dive right in and hear what they had to say. Hey there, I'm Kevin Keppel, and I'm a business coach and a leadership educator. I think one of the coolest things about what I get to do is I get to work with really powerful leaders that are really looking to be a part of the solution. And so one of the, the lessons that I constantly get from the people I work with is you know, the people who have the most success are generally also very humble, you know, meaning they have the ability to see the good and the value in other people and in their ideas. And you know, having to know everything is a sure sign that he goes in charge and just the ability to say, I don't know. And maybe that's not a new lesson, but that's definitely a lesson I relearn constantly. Just being humble and open to being better. And I think that's so crucial in everything we do. You know, I think one of the greatest skills that we all have to learn is that skill of saying, I don't know. Again, that goes back to humility. I know for the first three decades of my life, I had to know everything. If I didn't know, I thought I should know. And I felt bad that I didn't know. And I would tell you, I know, even if I didn't know. And that's such a hard way to live, have to know everything. You know, Steve Jobs was brilliant, and uh, he created you know a couple of really powerful companies with Pixar and Apple. Or he didn't create Pixar, but he helped take it to you know billion dollar you know platinum status or whatever you want to call it. And he did the same thing with Apple, and he did it by you know a great quote he shared. He said, "Is we don't hire smart people at Apple so they can tell us what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do." And man, that's humility right there. And I don't think he started that way, you know, based on the stories that uh, we've all heard. But that's okay. Just because I was doesn't mean I have to continue to be so. A big part of humility is really being intentional about being kind as opposed to right. You know, I think being kind with ourselves as opposed to right. And really understanding and owning the fact that you, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. And take it further, you don't have to believe everything you think. And you don't have to believe everything other everything that other people think. You know, sometimes, like, things just are. Like, I don't need to judge. And so one of the best ways you can evolve towards your highest self is to humbly ask yourself, you know, you know what do I need to do? You know, what does better look like with regards to whatever it is I'm working on? And one of the ways you can get to better is, okay, you know, with regards to my personal development, what do I need to keep doing and do more of what do i need to stop doing oh maybe what do i need to potentially start doing and when you can do that without judgment and do it with humility and with grace and kindness that allows you to see you know more of the truth our mind's not in our, you know malicious necessarily but it's trying to keep us safe and so our mind thinks it has to know everything and when it doesn't it feels you know fear and tries to protect and that's how you stay the same and so i think you know the best advice we can all execute on is like let go let go of needing yourself to be a certain way let go of needing other people to be a certain way and just be super intentional about being kind more than right 
Hey there, I'm Kyle Gillette, the creator of the Sage Leadership Framework and owner of Sage Mindset Coaching. I had a friend that recently turned 40 and he wanted to make a big deal about turning 40. And he gathered together eight of his friends, and fortunately I was one of those friends, decided that he wanted to do some sort of an epic adventure and have a lot of fun in the process, but do something super challenging. So he decided that a good trip for everybody to do and something we can all work up to would be to climb Mount Shasta. If you're not familiar with Mount Shasta, it's a, it's a mountain in California that's just over 14,000 feet, and it's very difficult to summit. But we all started to work on this and started to train and do our best to get into the shape we needed to be to climb this thing. I started to get super excited about it. I started taking cold showers. I started walking on a treadmill, putting a backpack on. There was this joint excitement happening. There was something about having a group of people that had the single mindset of we're going to climb this mountain and have a great experience and we're going to achieve this goal. So I started climbing at least twice a week. In the process, I learned some of my limits, but I also learned that my limits are mostly in my head and most of your limits are likely in your head. So as I'm training and preparing for this hike, I'm messing with my equipment and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes I'm super uncomfortable. I remember one hike where I went and it was sunny and then it rained and then it hailed and then it snowed and then it was really windy. And then I got almost frostbitten. My fingers got super, super cold all in one hike. <laughs> it was an amazing experience because it showed me that you need to be prepared to, ch to face all of those challenges. And fortunately, I was, I had the right equipment, and I had the, most importantly, I had the right mindset. Long story short, trained, May came around, drove, drove down to Mount Shasta, started the hike, and the first day was a cakewalk. I was like, all this training for this was super easy. The second day actually was really easy too. We got to 10,000 feet and the weather was perfect. It was beautiful. The next day, we got up at 1 in the morning to get ready to start the summit at 2 a.m. It was a full moon, absolutely gorgeous. So now we, we spent the next seven hours climbing, <laughs> climbing from 2 to 10 in the morning, climbing and climbing and climbing, about 5,000 feet from where we were, and it was very, very hard. I struggled to maintain the, the energy I needed because I, I didn't eat well and I didn't sleep well, but I was in the right shape and I had the right mindset. I remember getting to the last 500 feet and in that 500 feet that you go up, it's switched back on ice and the wind was gusting 50, 60 miles an hour. And so you'd get hit in the face with this ice and it really hurt. And I remember going, man, I want to quit. I remember thinking that because I just had so little energy, but I admitted that to a fellow hiker, and then we committed together to make it work. After another hour of climbing, we got to the very top and it broke me. It made me cry. It was this beautiful experience of, I actually did this. I actually made it. And all that hard work, all that dedication, but the consistency of mindset that I could make it was what made the huge difference and what made it, I believe, possible. I'm different from this because I didn't hit my limit. I thought I did. I wanted to quit when I was 500 feet from the top. As I continued to climb, there was this very clear destination in mind. 
obviously it was a physical destination, but it was also this spiritual and mental destination for me that there's things that I know that I want to accomplish in life. And when you put your mind to it and you do the proper training and you have the right tools, when the wind, the rain, the snow, and the sunshine come in the midst of all those things that you're pursuing, you can make it work. You can continue moving forward. Something else that's really significant is we had guides. We had guides that helped us along the way. And literal guides, two dudes that helped us get to the top of the mountain. They were experienced. They knew the answers to the questions. They knew the route. I know that without those guides, there is absolutely no way that we would have made it to the top of that mountain. We didn't have the equipment. We didn't have the knowledge. And we also didn't have the the confidence that we needed without those guides to move us along. So for me, there's three big takeaways. One, you need to do the proper training with the right people. Number two, you need to have an, a mindset that says you can make it to picture, to believe, to know that you're going to make it to the top, that you're going to get to whatever it is that you're getting to. And number three, that you need guides. You need a coach to help you to get there. If you do that, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. Hey there, I'm Casey Potts, and I am a mom, a content creator, and a podcast host. In the past year, I became an unexpected stay-at-home mom. I was working in marketing for a celebrity chef in a dream job that I really, really loved for six years. And when the events of 2020 hit, I suddenly was a stay-at-home mom. I was staying home with my daughter, who was three at the time, and it really took a toll on me mentally, physically, and it's been definitely a learning process to kind of get to the other side of it. It definitely put a lot of things into perspective for me. I think there's a horribly wrong stigma of stay-at-home moms that just sit around and eat bonbons all day. I do not believe that there is anything easy about being a stay-at-home mom. I do not think that it is equal to any sort of work done outside of the house. I don't think there's a comparison, really. There is no comparison to it. The difference that I have had to learn and overcome is that just because I am not getting a weekly paycheck, that doesn't mean that I am not contributing to my family, to society, to my community. And that was something that's been very difficult to accept and understand. And I still struggle with it. I think that there's a big void in a lot of women who go from the workplace, you know, outside of the house and then come home and start being a stay-at-home mom, a full-time mom. I like to call it a domestic lifestyle manager because there's so much scheduling, there's so much caregiving and nurturing and planning that goes into it that I often look back and try to figure out how on earth I did both things for the first three years of my daughter's life before 2020 hit. I, without a doubt, look at the role of a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home parent, a stay-at-home caregiver completely different. I thought I would have all the time in the world now as a stay-at-home mom, uh, but I'm realizing that that term is so antiquated. We don't stay at home. Again, there's so much more that goes into being a stay-at-home mom. 
homemaker, housewife, all those terms should really go out the window. It's tricky because there's definitely still those moments where you meet someone for the first time and they ask you what you do. And you have this very awkward hesitation and pause and for me, a little bit of shame or doubt. And I say, oh, well, I'm home. But no, figure out what that response is going to be because you know you're going to get asked that question at some point in your day, some point in your life. And figure out what it is that you can say that makes you feel good, that makes you feel powerful in your position. Because the more you promote the fact that it has value and what you do is so valuable and such a contribution, the more everyone else will 100% get behind you too. So you're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're not just a parent. You're not just anything. You are multifaceted, multidimensional, and really such a asset and such a main contributor and main caregiver, and you're everything that your family needs. My name is Michael Harris. I live in the mountains of central Oregon. I get in nature all the time, and I believe nature teaches us virtually everything that that we need to know. I think focus has been one of my biggest learning and growth events lately. You know, I've always been kind of a focused person, but one of the things that I've realized this last year is I've been doing so many different things, and it would scatter or push me. I'd get frustrated. I felt like I I needed to spend two hours every day just trying to figure out my schedule and all the changes and all of this. So I made some decisions recently about really diving in and getting back to that uh, idea of being more singularly focused, saying no more often. I love saying yes, but saying no more often And I'm beginning to feel that shift, that change that's happening within me, again, to focus. Part of what I was realizing when I was feeling um, overscheduled, overcommitted, um, is that I began to kind of lose myself a bit, that I was more focused on everybody else's needs. And there's nothing wrong with helping other people and helping other people's needs. But I was neglecting myself. And who's the most important person in our life? Us, ourselves. And unless I was taking care of myself, that ability for me to help other people and and operate in my best, in my genius zone, so to speak, was getting diminished. So as I began to recognize that additional pressure I was putting on myself, I also began to to remind myself in hearing little instances of being focused. And I don't mean an intense focus. I mean more of a gentle focus, more of an awareness on on one thing, more of awareness of, of right where we are. The biggest lesson that that I've learned in yoga is don't worry about it, forget about it. And I didn't always hear that lesson. And the reason that was a big lesson is because I was worrying about everything. 
I wouldn't forget about it. I, I wasn't practicing enough. So, you know, I'd focus on that worry. I'd focus on the problem without focusing on the solution enough and without changing my focus because my focus was on, on that worry and not wanting to forget about it. That's where my focus was. So that's the experience I've had. So as I'm shifting back to not worrying about it and letting it go, then that's where my focus is, is that I'm able to be much more present with myself. I'm able to be much more present with other people. Warren Buffett says that if he made one good decision a year, one decision a year, perhaps one of the world's best investors, Warren Buffett, saying if he makes one good decision a year, he's happy. That's his only goal, one good decision a year. So how can I make one good decision a year? Maybe my one good decision a year is to bring that focus back to the center. And, you know, it's like going down a trail. Is I going down a particular trail, you keep going off, you keep going off and coming back. So it's just like I'm coming back to the trail again, so to speak. Hi, I'm Tony Hartman, the founder of Not Quite Zen, a blog and podcast focused on providing mental health support from the perspective of a survivor. Uh, recently, I broke my ankle, so I had to learn how to overcome anxiety and depression with not being able to do the a lot of the everyday things that I do to reduce stress. And I will tell you that it has not been easy at all, uh, but I had to figure it out and move past it. I had to not learn something new, but remind myself of something that I already knew. A lot of times when I talk about making progress in life or achieving goals on my podcast or in my blog, I try to remind people of the difference between values connected to committed action and goals. So a goal might be, I want to run a marathon. And you can train every day for that. And you might even achieve that goal of running a marathon. But then the question becomes, okay, what now? Well, maybe you want to run more marathons. Or maybe between the time of running a marathon and running another one, or the time of training for a marathon and trying to run one, you get hurt. And you're going to be, you know, with a broken leg for a long period of time. What do you do then? Well, that's where values-based action comes in. So, like, if you're if you identify your core value is adventure or physical fitness, you can adjust your life and live within your values without having to worry about achieving some goal all the time. And these are things that you continue to do throughout your life. And that's really how you become happy. So, when I broke my ankle, this was a big challenge for me. I used to work with disabled veterans a lot and I learned a lot of adaptive sports things and I'm sure it would be incredibly hard if I, you know, lost the ability to walk or something like that. But I know the steps that I would have to take to, you know, get back on track with my personal value of adventure. Cause that's a big value for me. Um, you know, I would get an adaptive vehicle. I would go kayaking and, and do all these things like that don't require the use of my legs. But in a temporary situation, like I'm facing with a broken ankle, it's like, how do you figure out how to still live within your values when you're so limited? I'm not going to run out and buy a hand cycle 
or a, a modified vehicle when I'm only going to be in a cast for six weeks. So finding the will to modify exercise and do different things can be a real challenge, especially when you know you're in a temporary situation. I think the one thing that I learned going through this is, is one huge key is you have to make space for anxiety and depression. You have to take however much time you need before you're ready to move on. And there's no set formula to this. There's no, okay, take three days and move on. It's going to be different for every person, but you will know when you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm super depressed. This is causing me a lot of anxiety. I need to do something about this. And for me, it took me three or four weeks to get to that point. So that was three or four weeks of not really doing anything, you know, eating white crap, gaining weight, not exercising, not sleeping great. But finally, I made space for it, started connecting to those things, and I'm living within my core values. So I would say that's my biggest piece of advice. The biggest piece of growth that you can do is you need to learn how to make space for feelings of anxiety and depression. You need to learn how to identify your core values, and then you need to take committed action you know, every day, every week, so that you're living a life according to values, because values are really a compass for our life. Uh, that lead us where we go, and goals are just the waypoints uh, as we progress upon our values, and those things don't change. Hello again, friend. I hope you found that as interesting as I did, and a big thanks for our panelists for being willing to share with us. I got so many takeaways from what they shared, from the importance of humility for continuous growth to a reminder that teamwork makes goals so much more fun to pursue. I loved that Warren Buffett says if he makes one good decision in a year, he's happy. I'd never heard that, and that really gives me a lot of perspective. I also loved the reminder that there's value in who we are and what we do, regardless of societal pressures. I admire so greatly stay-at-home moms and think that we could all spend some time appreciating and celebrating the things that we do in our lives. And lastly, I really liked the perspective on values-based living versus goals-based. I had never heard it framed like that, and it makes so much sense to me that if you have a goal, you can be derailed, but if you have a value, you can keep recalibrating and continuing toward that North Star. What are you learning in your life right now? there's so much power in sharing with each other what we're learning in life. So thank you so much for being part of this journey and this community, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>